3: Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you have an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is the theconfessionals at the Confessionals Podcast.com. That's the Confessionals at the Confessionals Podcast.com. Or go to the website, the hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week, we offer a bonus show on Thursdays to members on the website. So if you want to hear more of this show every Thursday, Go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today, and you'll be able to binge all previous member shows all future member shows, and of course, Thursday's member episode. If you're looking to prepare with some emergency preparedness food, I want to let you know about preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That is preparewiththeconfessionals.com. It is a great source to have emergency preparedness food that you can put on your shelf. It will last up to 25 years shelf life. And right now, if you order a four-week supply, we will knock $100 off for you. It's a great deal at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Now, this week, we have my dad in the studio for the intro because we just got done recording for our other podcast, Hammer Lane Legends, and I thought, why doesn't he just sit in with me for the intro? Dad, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for letting me sit in. Yeah, Dad. So we just got done recording for Hammer Lane Legends, and you know we have some really good interviews coming up here, some great conversation, but people who are listening to the show who maybe don't know that I have another podcast, because I don't talk about it all the time, could you let them know, what is Hammer Lane Legends about?
0: Hammer Lane Legends is a show about the trucking industry. We like to talk to drivers. We like to talk to anybody who actually spends time on the road. Yeah. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. We kind of get uh, into some of the industry aspects of it, uh, experience aspects of it, what they've seen, what they do, how they do it. You yeah. know, just kind of a fun conversation We have a, And we have a good time
3: Yeah, it's a very good time And we just talk to people who drive for a living And they have wild experiences from the road We talk about it on Hammerland Legends It's not a paranormal podcast It's just a person who drives for a living You have crazy experiences out on the road And we talk about it on Hammerland Legends And people seem to enjoy it They do Yeah, so Dad, this week we have Michelle coming on the show And Michelle, I think you're going to enjoy this interview Because Michelle has a lot of different paranormal experiences Throughout her life But we talk about for later on in the show, probably about half the show, we talk about this situation where she was in a worship service and she heard angels singing. And then we want up playing audio from a guy named Jason Upton, who's a worship leader. And he actually recorded an angel singing during one of his worship sets. And he has a sound guy that explains and breaks it all down. They singled it out to just Jason Upton's microphone where he was singing on stage and there was nobody around him, but there's two voices, his and something else's. And it's harmonizing with him. Wow. Yeah. We're going to play that audio on this episode. This is a great episode. So let's get to it right now. All right, today we got a guest coming on the show, Michelle. Michelle, how you doing?
4: I'm good. Thank you so much.
3: Awesome. So Michelle, it just hit me when I was welcoming you to the show just now. That I say this same exact thing welcoming people onto the show. <laughs> it just hit me. I was like, you know, I say the same thing every week and I wonder if I should switch it up sometime. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. No nobody's ever complained about it, so I guess I'll just keep doing my thing because it's routine exactly. now.
4: It works, so don't mess up you don't want to mess yeah, up what works.
3: <laughs> absolutely. So uh, I have uh, an email sitting in front of me from you, and uh, it's a lot of experiences that you've had throughout your life. and it starts out when you were a child. And as this stuff moves forward throughout your life, it gets pretty serious. And mm-hmm. so uh, you know, we're gonna start off from the very beginning of you know, your childhood when you first started having these experiences and just kind of walk us through your your life really of these experiences happening to you. And I think it's important that we, we cover you know it in chronological order as much as possible, just because it really paints a picture as to how this kind of stuff develops in people's lives over time. So uh, mm-hmm. without taking any more time up and stuff, feel free to walk us into these experiences. I know uh, the first kind of experience we're gonna be talking about is this like cat that popped up, but it was kind of like a ghost cat. Uh, so go ahead and take mm-hmm. it away.
4: Okay, so um I lived in these apartments. Um, I moved there when I was about six years old. And it was my mom, me, and my stepdad. And um, I would hear tapping sounds in the room. And it started where it was just kind of constant tap, tap, tap. And I noticed it on the wall. And it kind of went around the room. And I used to call my dad and tell him I hear this tapping. And he would turn off the lights and stand there for quite some time probably like five minutes and it wouldn't do it when he was there. So then he would tell me to go to sleep, go to the room and it would start again. So I would, um, I just basically would cover my ear with the blankets and hope that it would go away. And then over time it started to move around the room. Um, eventually I had my little brother was born and we got bunk beds. So I had the top bunk and there was a wooden bar that they put to keep me from falling. And one night, you know, this happened throughout like a year or two, it was constant. And um, this one night I heard it again, and I just got brave. I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm not sleeping at night. And I told it to shut up. And it's like the tapping stopped, like it heard me. And then it started tapping really hard and really fast. And that scared me. And then it actually came to the wooden part of my bed in front of my face where that board kept me from falling. It was right in front of me. I can hear it. And that was terrifying. So um, after that happened, I woke up one morning and I went to the living room and I turned on the TV to watch cartoons. And I I look over and this black cat, it was kind of see-through. It walked across the floor. And my body kind of got startled. Like I got shivers down my spine. It freaked me out and it disappeared. And as a kid, I was like seven years old. And I'm thinking, I must be tired. I'm half asleep. My, my mind tried to explain it away immediately. So I sit on the couch, I turn on the TVs, the TV. And um, my mom had a wicker basket where she used to put a, a plant in there, but there was nothing in there at this time. So I look over for some reason, and the black cat jumped out of it. And as soon as its paws hit the ground, it disappeared. So that's when I realized I'm not just tired. Something's going on. I saw it again. And from then on, I just started having a lot of nightmares. I would, a lot of my nightmares were about me protecting my mom. As a kid, my nightmares were about mummies and vampires and things like that. But they were always a Attacking my mom and I was always trying to protect her and I couldn't understand why and No one else was having these experiences that I knew of Um, It got so bad to where my mom and stepdad switched me rooms because they were sick of me crying about it Um, My mom then told me that she she started hearing it in the other room as well once she switched me rooms So that gave me confirmation that there was something Um, Later In the years, uh, I came to find out that my mom was using drugs in that house and actually one night prayed to the devil that if he could give her drugs. So I think that my mom brought that evil or whatever was going on in that house and it went after me because I'm sensitive, I believe. Because I've asked my brother, he's seven years younger than me, and I've asked him now, did you ever remember anything going on in that house or feel... Anything weird or scary and he said no. So it was just me. Um and my mom told me that she actually was in that room and there was a, a little space between the side of her bed and the wall. And she said one one morning it was really dark and uh well morning probably like maybe four or five in the morning. And she looked over and it was just pitch black on the side where that, that corner was. She said something jumped out at her from the darkness and she could only describe it as the face of it with really sharp, scary teeth from that movie. Um, and I've heard in the past your other people talking about this face with sharp, scary teeth. So it m- reminded me of that, just evil. And she said it just jumped out at her and went through her kind of, and it just disappeared. So that was to me, just evil. And I feel like it attached itself to me because once we moved there, we lived there about 10 years. I was 13, I believe, when we moved. And um, that's when I started experiencing sleep paralysis, which was the only thing I could have the explanation for because I would look it up. I didn't know why I would wake up and I couldn't move my body and I was wide awake. It would feel like something was just touching me up my leg and I couldn't move, but I'm aware of my surroundings, and it was really uncomfortable and very scary. Um, after some time, it eventually let let me go, uh, I guess I could say, and I was able to move again. And I would sit up and my heart would just be pounding and I was sweating, terrified, and I don't know why or what that was. Um, and I didn't know to pray or anything like that yet. I was not My mom never pressured us with religion, so we don't really know about that yet. Um, I I experienced um, another time when I was at my stepdad's. I was in the room, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I felt something grab my feet. And it literally pulled me off the bed. And I remember feeling the blankets go past me. Uh, being drugged out. I remember falling on the ground, the feeling of being pulled. But when I woke up, I was back to where I was, but my eyes were open. I'm, I'm feeling everything that the terrified aftermath of it. And I just couldn't think of, you know, what, am I awake or am I sleeping? There's no way that I'm feeling all this. I would hear things in my ear, whispering in my name, um, just horrible sounds in my ear. I could feel breath, hot breath. And I just, it was torturous. It was just, I wasn't sleeping good. And um, there came a point in time where when I was around my twenties, I started to take NyQuil and try to cope with sleep that way. But my adrenaline would burn it off. So I still wouldn't really sleep. Um, I moved to Palm Springs when I was about 21 or actually, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go before that. When I was about 20 years old, I moved to uh, Georgia for six months to visit my biological father out there. And I woke up one morning and he's atheist. um, so. We, I woke up one morning and I felt I was holding onto a pillow. I sleep with holding a pillow and I felt a tug on it. And so I thought it was my dad because he used to wake me up like that, kind of mess with me. And I just ignored it. And I felt a tug on the pillow again. It was pretty hard. So I told him stop and um, it did it again. And I, I got frustrated. I look up and nobody's there. And I can hear him in the kitchen making breakfast and I get up and I walk out there. I'm like, dad, what's, were you in the room pulling on my pillow? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And in that place too, I was having nightmares and waking up, seeing an entity that was dark and the shadow looked like it had long hair though. And it ran at me at full speed. And I'll I'll never forget just jumping in the bed, just terrified. Um, Wondering what that was, what is going on. And I called my grandma, who's very religious, Catholic, and she came and she blessed the house and prayed over it. And nothing happened after that. So six months later, I move in with uh, my boyfriend at the time, moved to Palm Springs. And we had to stay in the garage because um, his sister lived in the duplex that we were trying to rent. So we're waiting for her to move out. And so we're in the garage and it was made as a room when he was a teenager and um, there's no windows pitch black and I hate the dark, but he could not sleep with a nightlight. So pitch black, I'm laying down and we're asleep and I feel tapping on my back and it's like waking me up, trying to wake me up. And I'm like, what? And so I didn't hear anything. I just laid there and I feel tapping in the same spot again. And it's like poking me. And I'm just like, okay. Um, I looked up and I didn't see that he was trying to wake me up. So I figured, you know, I asked him what. And the same thing, nothing. Um, I tried to go back to sleep again. And I felt it for the third time again. And it just, it hurt. It irritated me. So I finally jumped up. I'm like, what? And he was turned around on the other side, facing away from me, completely dead asleep. And I could see some light under the door, and I'm just freaked out at this point. And I'm like, okay, there's something here, and it's bugging me. And I don't don't know what it wants, but I just try to ignore it. Um, And in Palm Springs, it gets really hot. So another night, we moved to the living room of his mom's house because we were just hot in that garage. And um, I fell asleep on the couch. It was like a long couch. So I was facing him, he was facing me in a recliner type. Um, seat and we're both sleeping and for some reason both wake up with eyes wide open and I want to say it had to have been at least three or four in the morning again and I look over to the right in the hallway it was pitch black and this mass just shoots out from it it looked like a dark black like ball like a mass and it was so fast it shot across the room, it slams against the blinds to the side of me and it falls and I'm like, he he said, What the you know, what the hell was that? And I'm like, I don't know. So we both get up and we're looking around and I'm looking for this whatever object that flew across the room and there's nothing there. And I saw it clear as day. I don't know if he saw the end of it or what, but we both heard it slammed against the blinds, but there was nothing there. And um, his parents were sleeping in the room. Nobody was awake. And that was just really scary. And I, we couldn't explain that away. We couldn't find anything. Um, we then moved. Finally, his sister moved out next door. So we moved to that place. And I immediately felt like something was watching me. I felt really uncomfortable and things started moving around in our bedroom and he, my boyfriend at the time was not the type of person that was believed in any of that. It irritated him. He didn't like to talk about it. Um, He doesn't like scary movies, just anything like that. He just pushed it away. I don't know if he was scared of it or just didn't believe, but he always laughed at what I would tell him, my experiences, even though he was experiencing it too. Um he never acknowledged it. He just thought there was always an explanation. Um so I couldn't sleep, I'd be up late. Um it was affecting me at work. I was drinking a lot just trying to cope with it and just really unhappy. I was going through depression. And I would wake up and things would be moved around the room and I'd ask him, "Did you move that?" and he's like, "Why would I touch your stuff? I'm not rearranging" things around here. I didn't move anything. And then I had this wooden jewelry box that would always be pressed to the very edge of our wall unit, where if you touched that thing or blew on it, it would fall over on my head. So I'd push it all the way back again. And it's, it was pretty heavy where, you know, it's not easily moved. And I would shake the bed frame and try to figure out how is this moving? And it, it doesn't move. The bed frame wasn't, it was like, you know, pressed up against the wall, very heavy, old. And it's just, I couldn't explain that either. And it happened twice where that thing, I woke up and I look up and it's over my head hanging. And so I felt like it was just, you know, picking on me or trying to scare me. And, um, I would put on a nightlight in the bathroom and he would end up turning it off. He hated light. And I just was so scared to be in the dark. Um, and then, This one experience that really, really scares me to this day, and I still can't explain it. Um, I woke up one night and I saw the silhouette next to me in the bed. And it was almost like it was kneeling and I could see it looked like a person and its arms were kind of folded over and its chin was resting on its hands. And it was leaning on the bed, looking at me. And I'm turned around, and I'm looking at this thing, and I'm thinking, what is that? Is that a person? And I'm thinking, I need to touch it because it's not moving. Um, I was trying to tell myself, is it my laundry basket? No, because that was in the corner. And why does this look literally like the silhouette of a person leaning on my bed, staring at me? And I'm terrified. I'm trying to wake him up. I was pinching him. I was shaking him. He would not wake up. I did everything I could to try to get his attention. And he just was dead asleep. And I finally got the courage after a long time to lean over and smack this thing with my elbow. And as soon as I hit it, it was mass. It was like flesh. I heard like a smack kind of like when you hit a person, like when you punch them. That scared me so bad to realize it was something there and I passed out. I think I was so scared. In that moment of fear, I passed out because the next thing I knew, I woke up in the morning and everything's where it should have been. The laundry basket was in the corner. Nothing was there anymore. Uh, My boyfriend was up and in the kitchen and, or in the living room. And I just couldn't explain that. What the heck was that thing? What was it doing there? And how is it possible that I could actually feel it? And I thought back to the podcast that you had with the other guy that went, he was lured in the closet and thought it was, he was playing hide and go seek. And he said that, I think he said he touched it. That's the only thing I've ever heard that matched my story because I've never heard of a person being able to touch an entity um, that felt human. And it was just shocking and scary. And to this day, my family wants to hear that story because it's so creepy. Um, after that, I, I had a really hard falling out. or hit rock bottom, just drinking and trying to just cope. I was into tarot cards. I was trying to figure out the wrong direction. I was practicing tarot and I was, you know, doing signs and, um, you know, astrology, just looking for something that made sense. And it just kept leading me towards darkness for some reason and I was just out partying every weekend and drink and trying to just not feel or you know because I couldn't sleep so I just passing out was the only thing I could think to do is drinking until I fall asleep um and it came to a point where my uncle just came over and he started doing bible bible study with me and I started going to church and praying and and my life changed things changed um, but I got a different kind of uh, experience when I started, you know, following Jesus. Um, and it was good. I I didn't feel afraid so much anymore. And I started having experiences that I couldn't explain. And uh, for instance, in church, I was singing and we we're singing worship and I closed my eyes and I start seeing a light. And. I open my eyes thinking like, is anybody else seeing this? And everybody else is in to the worship too. And I close my eyes again and I start hearing like a beautiful choir. I've never heard a more beautiful sound in my life. It was like singing. And I'm look open my eyes again. I'm looking around. Is anybody else hearing this? Cause this isn't this isn't our worship. And um, I told my friend about it and he's like, That's like angels. Like, you probably heard angels. And I was like, no way. Like, why, why do I get to hear that? How come I'm so lucky? You know, I just was like, that's awesome. And so at that point in my life, I was really trying to change direction that I had been in from, you know, practicing all that witchcraft and stuff. And I really gave myself over to the Lord. And I was, you know, working three part-time jobs, going to school. I was, you know, went through divorce and, um, I had a little girl, and I was just trying to get my life together. And so, at one of these jobs that I was at, um, I was cleaning out the machine, and I'm I'm thinking in my head, "Look at you, Lord! Look at where you brought me from! I'm so happy I could sleep again. I'm, you know, things are good in my life. Like, gosh, look at you! You're so amazing!" And I was just I was just thinking about where he brought me, and all of a sudden, I hear my daughter. And it was the most beautiful voice. And to this day, I can't remember. I just remember it being a male voice, peaceful and beautiful. And the feeling that overcame my body, like I knew who it was, but I, I I looked around the store and I'm like, does any, did anybody else hear that? And I, I realized what the word rejoices because I wanted to dance. I wanted to run around and proclaim. And it was just like, why me? Why do I get to hear him? Like, gosh, you know, something I can't explain. Um, after that, you know, things got better. And I'm, uh, I'm able to, when I still get sleep paralysis or I feel scared, because I still feel like, you know, there's times I feel like something, I'm very sensitive still. Um, I feel like I've seen shadows, you know, running by, or I see things in the corner of my eye. It just I notice things that, you know, a lot of people maybe wouldn't. Um, and I just pray it away. Um, when I feel like I get sleep paralysis, I, I can't move and I feel something grabbing me. I feel it like hugging me really tight. I just pray and I pray till it goes away, but I still get attacked. It's very far and few in between, but that's, I experience things. Um, I haven't heard any of, uh, you know, I haven't heard his voice since, but I, I wish I could. And, um, that's pretty much it you know just oh and years after I talked to my mom about what she did you know she's clean now for four years but she feels like she brought that on me too because she was so messed up in her addiction and you know when you're going through dark things and you don't understand and you're a kid people open up doors I believe and and maybe portals or I don't know when you're asking somebody you shouldn't be asking for things like that you know there's a dark there's good and there's bad. And she definitely opened up bad for me. I believe that. And now years later, we're both praying and stuff and believers, but it took all these years of unknowing and not understanding to get, you know, to get to where we're at. It was a long road. It's, it's very been very hard to deal with something like that. I don't know how people can cope with having, bad things happen to them and that you can't even explain you feel like you're going crazy so that's when I heard your podcast and I was just like wow other people are going through it too and have been through it and I had stories that I can relate to other people I'm like that wasn't just me you know I wasn't crazy I know I felt these things I saw them I heard them and to actually feel that entity it's the most terrifying thing ever but I know that I'm protected now This
2: is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge, sanctioned by the U.S. government. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. And for the first time since its inception, no one has been granted special immunity from the purge. No citizen or group will be exempt. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all.
3: Okay, let's take a moment right now and talk to you about our sponsor which is simply safe a returning sponsor to the show we love simply safe and i've been using simply safe for years it is a great product and it's gonna be great for you and your family if you are somebody who does not like going on the phone and dealing with salespeople and all the sales pitches and everything that comes along with buying a product from a company Simply Safe is definitely one of those companies that you're not going to have to deal with that. You're not going to deal with the pushy sales guys. There's no hidden fees, no fine print, no contract. You literally just order the product, it comes to your house, and you apply it. You don't got to worry about somebody coming out to your house, looking it up and down, trying to figure out the best way to apply their product. Simply Safe comes to your house, and you apply it. It's so simple. Everything that they have, you just peel off the adhesive on the back and you stick it to where it needs to go. You register it and get it up and going yourself within an hour. It does not take long. It's exactly what the name of the product implies. It's simple and it's safe. Head to SimplySafe.com slash confessionals and get a free HD camera. That's simplysafe.com slash confessionals to make sure they know that our show sent you. When you have as many experiences as you had in life, uh, one thing is I I have a hard time believing that anybody remains skeptical about these things uh, <laughs> after your experiences. I mean, I've talked to people who have, but, right. uh, but in general, most people are believers. And, you know, it's interesting because you have experienced things from both sides as far as like good and evil, uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, with these things, you know, over time, you know, having some kind of contact with you. uh, I know you said earlier that you weren't sure if it was sleep paralysis or not. Uh, What's your gut say when it comes to this idea of being pulled off your bed? Do you think it was a sleep paralysis thing, like a, a nightmare? Or do you think it's something that actually happened or what?
4: I feel like it's somewhere in between, like in our sleep, that, that deep REM, I feel like we're open to being attacked. So I don't know if it was taunting me and making me feel like it was real, but for me, it was very real because I, I can take, I can close my eyes and get right back to that moment. And I can tell you every little thing that happened. I could see around me clearly. I can feel, I could smell, I could, all my senses were there, but then to be right back in the position, it's like, it makes you feel like you're crazy. Like, okay, so was I pulled or wasn't I, but I do believe that it it was a paranormal experience that i can't explain
3: yeah and i've had you know several people say such things on the show where uh they were either being pulled off their bed you know we had that you know famous episode where uh Melissa was actually pulled down a hallway and uh and so th- there's a lot of people's experiences I, I even had a guy i think it was like episode 29 uh David talked about how he woke up with two gray entities and it was actually on the intro of the show but he had these two gray entities and they're pulling him off the bed and at the same time they're pulling him off the bed his wife's laying next to him he actually feels that yes physically he's being pulled off the bed but also at the same time felt like something was being pulled out of him like his spirit or soul whoa what was that did you hear that yeah what was that I don't know wow that was weird that really shook my eardrum hang on a second let me stop the recording and uh and listen back to this a few moments later yeah, I I don't know I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> that's,
4: yeah, that's weird. And actually, I'm in I'm at, at my current boyfriend's house, and this is the place where I see shadows here. And um, his ne- his nieces have actually had experiences here, and it's just it's a creepy old house. But I wouldn't doubt you know they're listening, maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean that definitely. I I've never had that happen. Now, I've done I've done way more <laughs> interviews than are public for people to hear. I mean, I've done yeah. lots, hundreds and hundreds of them, and I've never had that happen. That was different. <laughs> <laughs> that was different. It sounded electronic. It sounded like, it
4: did.
3: uh, like almost like a, a surge went through a, a speaker and it, it rumbled, mm-hmm. you know? Um,
4: yeah.
3: Very I'm in the
4: closet, so I don't know what that could have been. It's so odd.
3: Yeah, that, that uh-huh. is odd. I don't even remember what I was but saying. But do... Uh-huh.
4: Go ahead. No, go ahead. I do have one other story because it's, it, it's a little bit frustrating when people don't believe that I've kind of gone through it. Um, my, when I was dating that guy, they told you when I lived there, where all a lot of these experiences happened. He actually told me a story that happened to him. So it's kind of weird that he was such a non-believer kind of ex- wanted to always explain things away. And it had to do with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, his sister who had a Ouija board and um, his parents were very religious, very devout Catholic and even had, you know, worship at their house every Sunday. And, um, but his sister, she um, had a Ouija board with her friends and they were using it there. And he said that she was talking to some guy, he was 19 years old, and he told them that he had been shot, um, I believe gang related. And I can't remember the name that he gave them. But, you know, it was like a whole description of this person. And he, eventually she said that when she would go to her friend's house and go different places, her aunt's house, that this kid, this guy would call her on the phone. And she was being taunted by this person that would know wherever she was going. He would end up calling and asking for her. And what's crazy is um, we all called her Cello because her her first name, um, Consuela, it's hard to pronounce, but that's not her real name. That's how everybody knew her as her name. This thing knew her real birth name. And um, my ex said that he, the phone rang one time and he answered it, he picked it up and he's like, hello. And this thing said, said, like in an evil demonic voice that I can only picture like the exorcist voice say get Maria said so he can hear in the background screams like it was hell like wailing and torment he said it was weirdest sound in the background so he said he put the phone down and was like it's for you and she just started crying and she hung up the phone And his parents, she told her, her, his parents, again, the the priest had to come and get rid of this thing because they couldn't get rid of the board. It just kept coming back. And so that, when he told me that, I think back, like, all the things that I went through over there and experience and what he went through, too, for him to be so in denial, it's like, wow, you know, everybody has an experience, I feel like. If you just ask somebody, have you ever felt something, or they'll tell you, because I ask people all the time. Like have you ever had anything happen to you and there's always a story?
3: Yeah, a lot of people have stories, but also a lot of people have mm-hmm. a threshold of what they're willing to believe, so you just have to understand that everybody is human and they have their own you know thresholds of belief. Um, but that said, I mean, having a phone call like that where um jeez, like it was <laughs> like hell in the background, right?
4: Yeah, he said it was like echoey, screaming and wailing, just multiple people. Like he said, the only thing I could think of in my head, he said it was like, You're hearing hell. And this thing said, Get Maria, like evil demonic. And I'm like, I probably would have passed out. I can't imagine. And he was like, "Uh, It's for you. You know, he just was like, I'm not dealing with this.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it's for you. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. Thanks. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting, and I, I I don't know what I'd do with that. I I mean, we we've had our own mm-hmm. little EV, EVP blip on the show today, but I I don't I don't know yeah. if that's technical or what, but it, it's still interesting. But um, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned about being in that church service and hearing the angels singing. Uh mm-hmm. now did anybody else hear that, or was that just you?
4: It was just me because my my really good friend was on the left of me and I'm looking at her and I was looking around everybody else. And I asked her too, did you hear that? And everybody just kept saying, no, we didn't hear anything. It was just worship. You know, it was just the, the people singing at the time, the way it came about, it was just, I remember just being like odd. Like it's, it was so beautiful. And there was several, it was like choir, a beautiful like voice choir. It was like and I knew it wasn't our church band. There's, you know, not to say they're, they're not good, but there was no way. And I, and nobody else heard it but me. And I, I'm like, why? And I was new in my Christianity. So maybe it was just presenting it, itself or I was so open to it, you know? But it was just, it was amazing.
3: What, what did it sound like, though? I mean, did it sound like, you know, like a beautiful voice of a choir? Or did it, did it like, obviously you said Like it a movie.
4: Beautiful. When you watch a, a movie and it's about, you know, you hear a pretty choir of a group of singers. And it's all high-pitched voices, like in yeah. sync. Um, that's what it sounded like. And I remember just being like, I didn't want it to stop it was so beautiful.
3: What about like language? Did it sound like it was an unknown language or did it almost sound familiar?
4: Yeah, it didn't say anything. It was just um, like a constant, like they were all in sync harmonizing.
3: Okay, I got you. You know, I I ask you these questions Mm -hmm. because a lot of times uh, people say they have heard, you know, angels or an angel singing in a worship service. Uh, people say they've caught video of angels in worship services. And there is, um, a guy named Jason Upton, and he is a a Christian music guy. He's a singer and he was leading a, a worship service. And this was like a very big concert. I mean, we're talking thousands of people were in this like worship service and he's singing his one song. Uh, I believe it's called fly. And, uh, at some point during this song Fly, he gets in this like this state where he just carries a song out and they go for like fifteen minutes. And mm-hmm. in this service, you hear this other like angelic um voice, this harmony coming through. Uh and the sound guys were saying that they were checking their monitors. There there was nothing wrong on their end, technical wise, but it, it was it was just this like they, they said it was beautiful. And I, I heard it years ago. And um I just pulled it up again. Do you want to hear it?
4: Yeah, I think I did hear it on YouTube. But I want to hear it again. Yeah.
3: Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this and, you know, let you hear what they what what, it's, you know, this sounds like.
4: Thank you. Uh, okay.
3: Yeah. And I, I'm not sure how long I, we're gonna play this says it's uh 13 minutes. But uh, we'll see. We'll just I'm just gonna start hit play and see where where it goes. Okay. I'll t-
4: I'll, That's
3: amazing. I'll tell you, I I was sitting here and I was getting shivers and goosebumps when I was hearing it like because <laughs> I I haven't heard that recording in years. And uh my equipment is a lot better nowadays than it used to be. And the headphones I have really pull out <laughs> vocals. And so I, I could hear the harmonies. Now for the audience mm-hmm. listening, uh he he has um he's up on stage singing by himself. There is no choir. There's nobody singing with him. It's literally Jason Upton by himself singing on stage. And his sound guy, Michael, looks up into the ceiling and sees a mist coming into the room. And he asks the janitor what it, that is. The guy doesn't know. And Michael said that he just felt like this holy fear come over him. And he hid underneath the soundboard. And then a little bit later, a boy comes up to his his soundboard looks underneath the soundboard and says, there's a really tall angel on the stage right now. And he gets up and he looks at the soundboard and there's something harmonizing with Jason Upton on stage. But I don't think you could hear it on uh, live to your ear, but it caught it on recording. And so what wow. you what you just heard was not something that people were hearing, from what I understand, uh, live. But it was only after the fact, when they listened to the recording, did they hear this harmonizing, angelic choir singing with Jason.
4: Yes. Yeah, you can hear it.
3: Yeah, I, it's absolutely insane. Uh, I, I find that stuff incredible. And um, <laughs> actually, I think I have uh, the testimony of the sound guy of Jason Upton talking about this. You want to hear that? Sure. Okay, let me uh, find it here. Here we go. I think this is it. anybody else? Okay, we'll move on. Uh, what is uh, for you? What is the most spiritual experience you've had while you're listening or performing, either being a part of a team performing
1: or listening to music? Tell me a, like a spiritual encounter you had in a nutshell. Go ahead, Michael. Undoubtedly. We were in Alexandria, Louisiana. Was when I was with Jason Upton, and we went into this college auditorium. And I basically just put the recorder on and let it go. And uh, we were doing sound check, and I looked up to the ceiling, and I started seeing this fog coming through. And I figured it was just like the, you know, the condenser and the air conditioner and the coil or something. This fog starts coming in the room, and. I started feeling a whole lot of God all of a sudden, but I really didn't put two and two together. I'm a little slow on the uptake sometime. And so I, uh, I asked the janitor, I said, hey, what's that stuff coming out of the ceiling up there? And he looked up there and he said, I don't know, there's no pipes up there. And so this holy fear kind of came over me. And meanwhile, there's all these youth guys in there, and they're real stoic, and they got their arms crossed and everything's kind of like, let's see what you got, young man. <laughs> you know, one of those things. So we finished, and uh, we just started playing. And... It got to the point where it got so thick in there that I jumped off stage and I went and jumped under the soundboard. I mean, I felt so much God. I was like, oh my God, at any minute something's just going to bust through. And all of a sudden this little kid comes under under the soundboard. He goes, there's a 12-foot angel standing behind Jason Upton. And you know what? I know I wasn't singing because I wasn't up there, William wasn't singing, Jason's singing, but there's two and three part harmonies going on in the room. And I'm going, what in the world? And I'm looking on the hard drive recorder and it's recording it. And I'm thinking, if this is on here, when I play this back, I'm going to come out of my skin. So all of a sudden, all this stuff happens. All these guys that were like, yeah, they're... You know? And Jason, I look at Jason, and he's up on stage, and his eyes are rolled back in his head, and he's teetering on his piano bench. I thought, oh my God, he's drunk. I thought that was something that he did all the time. And he starts saying, ah, da, da, ah. Da, I thought he's completely lost it. So all this stuff's going on, right? And it's happening in real time, so you're not even catching all of what's happening. And then after the meeting, I went up to, because we were roaming together, I went up to get Jason off the stage. He was completely plastered. But he'd never been drunk in the spirit before. So he said, ah, I'm feeling all tingly. My arms are... Michael, Michael, my, my legs and... Make a long story short, he fell asleep in the dorm exactly like a drunk guy would. He just lay down on the bed with all his clothes on in his bag, and he was gone. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm thinking, was that real? I went back to Nashville, and I'm in there with, with this re- engineer friend. I was producing the project, and sitting on there, we're going through all the material. We get to the song Fly, and all of a sudden, I said, well, any minute now, if that was really an angel, and all of a sudden, there's this perfect voice that comes flying. I went, whoa! And I said, we got to find that. And the engineer goes, he goes, oh, that's just a psychoacoustic anomaly. That's probably a tom-tom ring or something. And the, so I thought, oh, yeah, well, let's find it then. So we start going through. We start soloing out each channel. Not a tom-tom, not a keyboard, blah, blah, blah. We get through everything except Jason's vocal. Now, remember, the kids said there's a 12-foot angel behind Jason. So we solo Jason's Vocal track and there's two waveforms on there, one little one and one big big one, and you can see it, and not only that, but you can hear it. And a guy goes, "Well, that sounds like something standing like 12 foot behind Jason." I said, "I told you it was an angel." <laughs> and so literally, literally on that, when you when you when that part hits, it doesn't matter. I mean, you get hammered every time. So here's where it got really crazy. So all of a sudden, we start getting emails from Heidi Baker's group up there, unbeknownst to us, when Jason's going ah da da uh, it's malawi for come to the table so they <laughs> so he we think he's just this drunken guy in a stupor and he's actually so they play it when when the orphans are out to play to call him to lunch they play ah da, da and all the little kids come running in
3: wow so <laughs> there's
4: That's amazing
3: yeah there's the story behind it i mean it's just like that kind of stuff like i mean I know people who listen to the show and stuff, they're not everybody believes the same things that I do. And that's fine. Uh, but for me personally, the, those kind of things are faith builders for me. And, you know, you, we all just listened to that recording of the song and you heard the harmonizing going on with Jason. Now. Michael, the sound guy here who just said that testimony of what he experienced at the end there when he was talking about soloing out the tracks. Now, I haven't heard this this testimony in years. I literally just listened to it with you for the first time. Um, And (laughs) it all makes so much even more sense to me now that I do what I do, because I run so many different tracks on, di- uh, on every episode that I'm putting things together. And when I want to hear a specific track, I solo it out so that I can't hear anything else except for that one track. So what he was talking about was they have their instruments, go- every instrument is going through its own microphone, its own channel, own track so that if something happens where the, the drums, you know, fall apart, they can actually take that out and not ruin the entire recording. And so. What he was talking about was he truly went through every track of instrument and canceled it out to hear where they cancel out that, that feedback that they were thinking was until they got what? down to one track, which was the vocal microphone that Jason was singing into, not the piano and the vocals, just the vocals. And that's where the recording was coming through with Jason's voice. And so you hear Jason singing, but there's also something Mm -hmm. coming through that microphone that wasn't Jason. And there was no chorus on stage. And I just, for those, those kind of things for me are things that just gives me goosebumps, you
4: know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt hearing that. I got goosebumps and I'm looking around like, I can't be the only one hearing this, but I was.
3: Yeah. I, I, you know, I've never heard anything like that in person. And so I'm kind of envious that you did hear something like that, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) Hearing the recording from Jason, did it sound anything like that, or, or did it sound something totally different?
4: See that to me, when I heard his, it sounded more male, whereas mine it sounded more like many, like women or higher pitched, like just a, a more harmony of a lot of, sound like a lot of people, like a big choir, just but more softer higher, more fe- more feminine.
3: Okay, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've heard different people's accounts of these things. Like, you know, obviously, um, and I'm fascinated by the idea of angels. And I think it comes from my childhood with my grandfather telling me stories of his experiences with them. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, people describe angels as, you know, 12 feet tall. And then some other people say it was the same size as me. And even in even in the Bible, it says that, uh, you, you should always be hospitable because you never know when you're in the presence of an angel. And, oh, yeah. And you also see how angels, uh, came into, uh, Lot's home and ate dinner with him. So they, they were human sized people looking, right. but they were angels. They were able to transform their bodies. And so, uh, I, I just, the idea of angels and what they're able to do and what they do do is, for me, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Uh,
4: yeah. I actually had an experience with that, too, now that you say that, because I was going through a really nasty divorce um, around 2011, and I was feeling really defeated, and just it it would put me through the ringer. But when I was walking out of court, and this guy, he had really bright blue eyes. He looks at me out of nowhere. I don't know who this person is. He just looks at me and goes, God says that everything's going to be okay. And I looked at him and I'm like I believe that. You know, cuz I was new in my walk and he's like he just looked at me and I'm so I'm like thank you and I walk away and I'm thinking was that an angel like or just a really nice person but I thought of that scripture you just never know.
3: <laughs> exactly. And so uh you know for me it's it's a it's a cool thing, it's a comforting thing. Uh mm-hmm. And you know it's just it's fun to talk about this stuff I, I just I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, but with all these experiences that you've had, you've had the experiences of the positive stuff, the negative stuff um, I, I guess you know long story short uh, you, you're coming out of these experiences knowing that there is something to this life other than just the physical that we can feel and see.
4: Yes. And I believe that if we're looking for this, the dark, it's going to find you. So you got to be careful with what you're messing around with.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, <laughs> with that, whatever it was that you saw, I think you, you said it was kneeling next to your bed and you swatted yeah. at it and you actually made contact. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you, you said that, how, how did you describe it? You described it as like flesh that you could actually feel the flesh?
4: Yes. Like when you hit somebody like that sound, it was fleshy. And it was that, that sound, because I hit it with my elbow and it was like, pop. And it was, and I felt like warm, like a person. It wasn't cold. Like how, you know, I would think in my head, if it was a scary, you know, entity it would be freezing or, you know, but it was like a real person just staring at me. And it was forever. We were having a staring contest. And like I said, I was trying to wake up My boyfriend at the time, I was pinching him and I'm thinking, did this thing put him to sleep? How is he in such a deep sleep? Now I was really trying to wake him up and I kept staring at it and it was just looking at me. It wasn't moving. And I got so tired of being tired and I'm like, I'm just going to touch it. So I elbowed it, made contact. And I was like, this is something that is a freaking person. And I just, I think I just passed out being so afraid.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it would. Scare like, where me. did
4: it go? You know, like, well, yeah. thinking, <laughs> what? What was it? Was it just there to haunt me? Like, it, it's weird. Like, if somebody yeah. broke in, because I'm thinking all this stuff, the door would have been open, or some, it would have reacted, and it was just there.
3: <laughs> yeah, weird. and that's the biggest question that I have is what happened after you passed out. I mean, did it leave or did it stick around? What did it do? Did it jump yep. around in the bed? I don't know. <laughs> like,
4: I know. And I wish we had cameras then. And, you know, we didn't have phones like we do now. And it's just, I wish I have so more questions and answers. But when I heard that one guy say that he went into the closet and he touched, like, I know that it's possible because I, it happened to me. And I feel like if somebody had broken in and it was a person or something, it would have been a different experience, a lot different.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think if you would have elbowed somebody, they would have reacted mm-hmm. uh and right. probably would have remembered that. I mean, uh there's mm-hmm. even if it's a brief amount of time, there was this period of time from you making contact to you passing mm-hmm. out uh, where you were able to consciously think that is something actually there. Well, in that amount of time you would think mm-hmm. if it was a person be like, Oh, you know, or something like that, you know?
4: Yeah. And it did not budge. It did not flinch, it was straight in that spot and it was not moving it was you know when you hit somebody and you kind of like can push them a little because I hit it pretty hard I went for it and that thing did not move and I thought what the hell is it you know but it was it was just like a human link like you know just resting its head on its hands folded looking at me and it just didn't move at all
3: yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad that nothing bad happened as far as we know. And uh, I'll tell you what, Michelle, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing these experiences. It's been, uh, it's been a very interesting conversation.
4: Thank you so much. And God bless you guys. Your family's awesome.
3: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you can do to help this show grow. It's just share it around with your friends because that's something I can't do. So please share the show. If you enjoy it, you love it, and you want to see it grow, just share the show. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye.